is Fred and Xander on ESPN 1000, also available on demand. On the all-new ESPN Chicago app. Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. So we were just talking about how big this upcoming week is with the NBA draft on Thursday. Bulls without a first-round pick. Um, the Bears reporting to uh, camp on Wednesday. Their first practice, and if I'm not mistaken, is Thursday. If you're following the storyline up in Wisconsin, we'll know about Aaron Rodgers. I guess. I guess we'll know about Aaron Rodgers. But we've been talking to our next guest for the last two months, asking him the same question. Over and over. And, and he, sure kept, he just... kept saying... We, we still got a month. We still got a month and a half. We still got six weeks. Now we only have five like days. six days. Yeah, yeah, five days. Yeah. Jesse, what are the Cubs going to hey, do? Jesse. Look, it might be more urgent uh, what the White Sox are going to do, Fred. Yeah. What's your team going to do? Because they probably need a little help before Friday. It, yeah, I mean, probably, definitely. I'm not, yeah. Again, I'm not sure if it's if it's left-handed bat help they need more, more or relief help because these couple games have kind of a little bit exposed them against the better you know, talent in the league. We've seen this periodically this year. Not that they haven't beaten some good teams, but we know on the road they've had some issues. So both teams, I think, are going to be active come Friday. One, to help them win a World Series. The other, to help them win a World Series in about three years. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now, Jesse, with what we've seen, we know that big bats are coming back. Jimenez and uh, Robert at, at some point. Uh, hopefully in the not-too-far-distant future. And also, Grandal is ahead of schedule as well. So right. knowing yeah. all of that, yeah. is pitching more of a glaring need for us? I mean, we have the arms. They're just not performing like they were last year, although Lopez looks okay coming out of the bullpen. Yeah, there's always a guy that can 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 jump up there in the latter half of the season you didn't expect that you have in your system. We've seen this many times when David Price came up. Guys like that. Now, we know about Ronaldo Lopez and we knew about him as a starter. wasn't very good there last year. So I'm not sure they're going to count on him mm-hmm. because it's only been a couple appearances right, and right. deadlines this Friday. But, but, but it's looked okay yeah. so far. No, no, he has. He has. And you're, but you're exactly right. Th- those names have been given four months to get the ball to Liam Hendricks, and they haven't exactly done it in the fashion that you've wanted. Mm-hmm. Even go back to Friday night. Like, you need minus relievers that will hold a small deficit. It's one nothing. That thing balloons up to seven nothing, right? Yep. Uh, yesterday, relievers, both the two relievers, gave up a run. I mean, that's gonna that makes a difference in in playoff situations. I think you're right. They need the pitching more than the hitting. Um, I still worry a little bit about being down. You know, there's just too many right-handers, good ones on this team. But but that's okay. I mean, they still might trade for Escobar. I think they should. Garcia's fine. He leads the league in like sacrifice hits. He does a lot of things well. Um, but they, I still think they need a little bit more danger from the left side. But when Robert and Jimenez come back and Grendel, you may be okay there. But no doubt in my mind, um, I, I reported early this week the White Sox were scouting the Cubs in St. Louis. Um, I didn't see a White Sox scout at Wrigley on Friday, but I didn't look for them because I already knew that they were they were looking at these Cubs relievers. They're scouring the market for, for relievers, um, righties or lefties. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind Rick Hahn's going to add to that a part of the, the team. There's no doubt. The Matt Fosters of the world, those kind of guys, just have not performed the way a lot of people thought. And, you know, there's a point where, you know, you say, okay, Aaron Bummer's unlucky. Well, 
you know, maybe you got to be getting missing bats instead of the weak contact. Like at some point, yeah. you got to have people locking it down in the seventh and eighth inning, and and I think he's going to have to go outside the organization for that. Yeah, that would be nice. You think about it, Jesse. Coming into the season, they had guys like Marshall and Foster and Hoyer and Bummer. And they said, okay, well, we've got a great bullpen. Well, they're not, none of them are performing Based on the last way they're supposed year, to. they yeah. were, yeah, but none not of them. this year. Yeah. yeah, I shouldn't have just pointed out Foster. Like, Cody Hoyer is a very frustrating player. Now, yep. yeah. um, if you look at high leverage, his numbers are, are, are better than if you just look at the overall numbers. So he's had his moments. But you need more than just moments in the playoffs. You need lockdown. And, you know, whether it's trading for Richard Rodriguez from the Pirates and putting him in the eighth inning or Kendall Graven from the Mariners and putting him in the eighth inning, if, if the Mariners are, are selling, you know, these are all these options. And then, of course, there's the Ryan Tapares and Andrew Shapins of the world who have been good with the Cubs. And that's the beauty about the relievers. They're, they're, even on bad teams, you can find a good one to trade for. So I think Rick Hahn will do the right thing here this week. The one thing with the Mariners is that they're actually playing well right now. They're, they're probably not right. going to move anyone. If anything, they may acquire someone because they're only a couple games behind the uh, the A's for another wild card spot. Yeah, I was told they might do one of those buy and sell deals at, at, at the deadline because they know they're probably not winning a World Series right. but they would this year, but they would love to push for the wild card because it's it's a team growing and you always want to try to you know, make breakthrough, make the playoffs, get that experience. But you also want to worry about the next couple of years when you really think you you have a team that can contend. So there's all that is the beauty of the July 30th, and that I don't think, and I've said this many times over the years, it's not just about August and September for the contending teams. It's ap- it's simply for the entire league another time to remake your team, whether you're contending, whether you're rebuilding, whether you're somewhere in between. It, it's no different in some respects than December and January. It's just another time when everyone's talking and there's deals to be made. I guarantee you there'll be a trade. It could be Cubs and Sox that you're, you just didn't see coming because there's a larger picture in there. Um, it could absolutely happen with the Cubs um, or, or the Sox, for that matter. It just it, there, There's a lot of moving parts to these things. You know, the Marlins and Yankees were at Wrigley Field this weekend right. scouting. Okay. Okay. What are the Marlins and Yankees scouting about the you know Arizona or or the Cubs? It doesn't seem like there'd be fits, uh, but you just never know. There's three team trades, so you know as much as us reporters think we know, we know about like five percent of what's going on, right? I can tell you the scouts that are at the games, but I don't know what the trades are going to look like. Yeah, you don't know what they're looking at or who they're looking at. But if Chris Bryant it gets traded by the trade deadline, would you be surprised if you went anywhere besides New York? I'd be a little, just a little. Um, at the All-Star game, I was really not hearing a lot of talk in terms of him moving anywhere but New York. But I will tell you, he has come back from this latest little injury and looked fantastic at the plate. So I think if teams are looking for a, a sort of a big-picture view of Chris Bryant, it's pretty simple. When he's healthy, he's a dangerous elite hitter. But there's been a lot of moments over the last few years where something has kept him out of the lineup mm-hmm or kept him from producing when in the lineup. So I think his at-bats this weekend have been absolutely fantastic. So I, I, I do think I'd be a little surprised if it's not the Mets. I'll give you the two teams uh, that I think maybe um, the Giants would be one. Sort of a long shot. Scott Harris, the former uh, Cub executive, now the GM of the Giants. Uh, they might fortify. Uh, and the other team that there's been some talk about the Phillies. I, I just, for some reason, don't see it happening. I don't think the Phillies have enough in the farm system. I don't think the Mets really have it, have enough. It'd probably be quantity over quality, but um, Mets are definitely the leader in the clubhouse. Jesse, do you think the Cubs management is going to be able to maximize the return 
on on a Brian trade? No, no, yeah. he, they, yeah. they won't maximize return on anyone, but maybe Kimbrel. Okay, it's just kind of how it is. Teams know what they're up to, right? They know that this is this is when uh, they're remaking their team. They're selling off. We know position players don't bring back a big return. I've documented that over the weeks on, on this radio station. You know, J.D. Martinez, Manny Machado, just you don't get a ton back. Um, you, you're kind of getting 75 cents on the dollar, just the nature of when you're doing it in July. And, and other teams know all these players are going to walk. And then mm-hmm. maybe 50 cents on the dollar when it comes to position players. Just they, they don't necessarily change the team they're going to that dramatically, the way uh, Araldis Chapman did with the Cubs or Kimbrell might do with another team. So, um, just inherently, p- pitchers get more than position players, so I, I don't think they're going to necessarily max out. Kimbrell's the one guy you can. Do you think Baez in his recent streak has it had people more interested in him? I don't think so. I don't think so. I, they, they have to do this whole move him to second base, which I guess is possible. There's not that many teams that that ha- you know obviously have a need for shortstops. It's a lot of swing and miss, like you know you. He could hurt you as much as he could help you if you yeah. get him in a bad stretch. I still think that hot stretch here um, actually will we'll, we'll get negotiations going with the Cubs and, and his people. They want to sign him up. They want to see him perform. They Now, again, they've been reminded exactly what he is. Really good at the end of the day in some areas, really bad in some others. But it, there's a lot of talent there. There's a lot of, a lot of uh, production there. Like you, you can find it. It's, it's a tough negotiation, but you can find a path to a deal with Bias, his age, position he plays, all that stuff. The harder situation is now Rizzo. He has had a horrendously bad year yeah. for him and for first baseman in general. And so, what happens to him Friday? Probably nothing. What happens to him next season? I don't know. Um, he, he's probably not going to get offered what he was offered before this season. He just simply did not perform in his contract year up to this point, of course. So that's more difficult. I would not be surprised if Javi Baez signs a contract with the Cubs over the next two months. Mm. Um, we're all talking about if a pitcher gets dealt, Kimbrell. But, you know, I'm looking at it, and the White Sox and probably other pitchers need guys that can be the sixth inning, seventh inning, eighth inning guy. Chafin, Winkler, Tapera, would you be surprised if any of those three went? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd say I'd say two out of three are going. Okay. I'd say two out of three are going along with Kimbrell. I'd be surprised if three of those four, including Kimbrell, are still on the team. I just, especially Chafin and Kimbrell. Okay, let's just assume Kimbrell's gone. Lefties are so coveted. Now, he hasn't been good the last couple appearances. No, yesterday he got yeah. nobody out. Yeah. So this is where it becomes a very small sample size stuff. His next appearance or two could be the difference between an, a B prospect and a B minus prospect, or a B minus prospect and a C plus prospect in return. This is very important for Chafin at this moment um, because it doesn't matter what you did in April. It matters what you're doing now for, for the for the scouts that are watching you. So I think Chafin and Kimbrell are definitely gone. Lefties are so coveted. I think uh, Tapera will be gone as well. If the ask is too high, maybe they would go to Winkler, who's been very good as well. So, yeah, the Cubs bullpen is going to, I think, look dramatically different come uh, next weekend. So you're going to go up to Milwaukee tonight, huh? We'll get to see yes, your pretty face yes, on TV. I've got to be. I've got to be the good luck charm for this team. Apparently, Fred. Yeah, they need one. You better start now. <laughs> go there. Oh, is, is, it, is it going to be bad on uh, the way well, up there? Well, uh, I, I went to Friday's game and we talked about it on the air. I did cut it close, but the parking situation up there 
it's not ideal. Yeah, but when Jesse pulls into a ballpark, yeah, they just he's got aside. special cred. So I've got aside. the police escort up yeah. from, from Northbrook here. No, well, I, Xander, I, I I know that you know between, you're right. It's it's a little bit. Well, no, I'm not going to say it's like Dodger it, Stadium, one way in, one way out. But no, it, it's it, not it, that bad. But it's almost. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Now, of course, I get there at like one thirty, two o'clock, yeah. so it's not a problem for me. But if you're getting there around game time, you better leave way early. You better leave way early. So baseball tonight, 5 o'clock, uh, myself and Buster are going to be on from up there as they try to salvage this thing. But let me ask you, Fred. Yeah. Do you, do you think it has been a little telling some of these road games against the elite teams that have exposed them, whether it be maybe they need an extra left-handed bat or those extra pitchers? Because – you, you you can't get too caught up in in plus five hundred minus five hundred. I mean, the better teams are going to be tougher to beat. But, sure, yeah. but it, I I do feel there is some meaning in in some of these losses. They've been exposed a little bit. Good pitching always beats good hitting. I think we saw that last week when the Sox pitchers pitched very well against Houston. We're seeing that the last two days. Yeah, we're Sox in two runs, yeah. two runs in two games. And you know, the pro- maybe it's just the walking wounded they need back, you know, and he doesn't need to do something Friday. But I, I, I don't understand why he wouldn't get Escobar or Frazier. Um, you know, again, Garcia's nice, but these guys have a little bit more slug in them. Yeah, well, Garcia Jesse, made I the agree. last out never the last out three times on uh, Friday, and yesterday he hit into a double play, and he uh, he's not been he's not going to help you with the bat and with the with the glove. I was okay with him, but the last week and a half he's made some real questionable plays. Well, he made a nice play last night, though. Here's the the thing. I agree with you in that I think Garcia is a great player to have on the team, but to rely on him day-to-day, we can upgrade there and have him as an asset to plug in where we need to as long as we take care of that bullpen need, which which I think is imperative. And that's a good point. Like, if, if you only have so many assets that other teams, you know, might want, and if if um, you need to use them for a bullpen arm over Escobar or Frazier, then maybe you do that. Mm-hmm. Maybe you use your best assets for the bullpen arms, not just arm, but arms, and then you 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 see what you have left, and and that you know. So people ask about timing of deals. All these things are part of it, right? Like, well, I might save my best asset. For this bullpen arm, but this other team doesn't want to trade for this bullpen arm. That's why we haven't traded for Escobar yet, because I'm not sure what I have to offer the Diamondbacks or the Pirates. Right, so all these things happen. That's why you just don't know. We've, we've seen the Brewers make some early trades, and by the way, David Stearns might be the GM of the year. The Willie Adamas. Yeah. I mean, what was that in May? I mean, how many teams yeah. make a game-changing move in May like that? So, and then and then they picked up Telez, who just you know, what uh, did, two has done well against yeah. the White Sox. Yeah. So. You never know about timing of trades, but one thing we know is Friday is the deadline, and deadlines usually make things happen. So it's going to be a very interesting week. Yep. Jess, be, I'll, I'll set the DVR, make sure we get a chance to see you. You got it, guys. Okay. I, I appreciate that so Thanks, much. Thanks, Jesse. Have Take a care. safe trip up there. Thanks. <laughs> okay. You got it. See ya. Jesse Rogers, you can see him on baseball tonight and then also during the game today. I'm sure they'll talk a lot about the situation yesterday that happened on the play at the plate when Yohan Moncada missed home. Uh, we'll talk about that. We come back. Also, it is the trade deadline on Friday, and we've talked about it for weeks and weeks. Do you think at this point, with just five days to go before the trade deadline, will the White Sox grab a second baseman? Or a pitcher. And what are the Cubs going to do? Yeah, or both. And are the Cubs going to have Bryant, Baez, and Rizzo all still in the lineup on Saturday uh, when they're playing? Or will one, two, or three of those guys be gone? 312-332-3776. Let us know your thoughts. Talking to baseball here on ESPN 1000. 
Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. Now, back to more Fred and Xander on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. It was a bad time last night for Carlos Rodon not to have his good stuff, especially after the Sox lost 7-1 to on Friday night. Last night, Rodon goes just four innings, gives up four runs, two were earned, four hits. He walked two, his uh, 10 straight with eight or more strikeouts uh, went away. He struck out five yesterday. And then uh, Ruiz went two innings, gave up a homer, and that was the only hit he gave up. And also Lopez went two innings, gave up a homer. And that was the only. They both gave up homers to uh, Rowdy Tellez or Tellez. Tellez. And um, yeah, that what was. What was it. the story? His he, his name was Rowdy because he was kind of an active kid and a grandma. I don't so know. Call him Rowdy. I, know I think that's what uh, yeah. that's what uh, Jason was. All I know is he hits the ball. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he hits the ball far. The one he hit yesterday, the first one he hit off Ruiz, <laughs> it hit the upper part of the center field overhang. Yeah, overhang. It was crazy how far that ball went. And the next one just made it over the fence. But, yeah, two homers, four homers from Milwaukee. The Sox dropped the first two. They've lost three in a row. Let's see what they can do today. Lance Lynn going against Brandon Woodruff, a 6.08 start later on this evening. Let's go to uh, Willowbrook and our guy, Owen. Owen, what's happening today? Hey, guys, how are you? Doing, doing well. What's up? Hey, I think the biggest injury the Sox had all year to me, in my mind, is Madrigal because he was a table setter. He got on base for Abreu and Mankata all the time. And you had to come into those guys. Since he's been gone, I, I don't think they've had that as much. And I actually think a guy like Frazier could replace a guy like, you know, Madrigal to do that. And as far as their relief, you know, I think a lot of teams are having trouble with their front-end bullpens. And to me, to me, if you look at Cody Hoyer, especially against right-handers, I think he's overthrowing his fastball because he's – the thing that's getting Cody Hoyer is the pitch count all the time. He never yeah. throws one, mm-hmm. and he's always wide to right-handers. And I think he's overthrowing the fastball, and he's and which means his release point is too late. And I think that's why he's in trouble. I think that's a real correctable situation, and I don't know why why he went from being where he was last year to where he is now. What about Bummer? What do you think Bummer about Bummer? To me, I think Bummer is not the same pitcher after he missed about a year and a half, right? And and you can say about Bummer, you know, giving up cheap hits and this and that, but him walking guys all the time. Yep. You, it doesn't matter if you get cheap hits. You put men on base, and that puts pressure. And 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 to be honest with you, I, Bummer's got to. He's got even when he gets ahead, he just doesn't seem to get that out pitch. And I think he's. I don't know what it is about Bummer, but I just think he's not. He doesn't have command of his slider like he used to. No, he sure doesn't. Owen, appreciate the call as always. Some good stuff. And the whole thing with Hoyer, too. Those two, coming into the season, you didn't worry about the bullpen. And maybe that's maybe that was a problem. You know, you worried no, about other spots, we, but not were, the bullpen. Were we not, were we not very happy? We were yeah. all bragging about what a great bullpen we yep. had. Yep. Hadn't really sh- shaken out the, like that. Now, these losses against the Brewers past couple days, uh, when we lost against, uh, you know, to Houston, the these lost, are the good yeah. teams that we have to beat. Now, 
it's yeah, they, it's, they, they, it's a problem twofold, right? They didn't play great against Minnesota either. Right, that's yeah. true. But the problem is twofold. We're not scoring runs, and then we are sending in these relievers that are not getting the job done and giving up runs. Well, yeah, and when they do score runs, they need guys to shut people down. They're not. Yep. Um, you know, they scored just two runs in two days uh, up and in that's Milwaukee. That's not going to get it done. No, and we we talked about how good the starting pitching was going to be in this series. Well, it's been really good for Milwaukee. Not so much for the White Sox. Yeah, Giolito allowed just one run over six, but guys were on base every single inning against Giolito. And yesterday, Rodon started the game poorly. Gave up a homer to lead off the first, homer hey, to lead Gio- off the hey, second. Giolito looked better than Rodon did. He did, but Rodon actually calmed down after he gave up the first two um, because he pitched into, let's see here, and then, and then in the fourth inning, it was his own mistake. Because he threw a ball away yeah. on a, on a uh, ground ball that Taylor mm-hmm, hit, mm-hmm. and then he shouldn't have thrown the ball. And then it was an error by um, Collins, and then a bad throw by a bad throw by Frank. Um, I almost said Frank Thomas. A bad throw by Don't Jose. Abra- it would have been. It would have been a bad throw by Frank Thomas because Thomas was a Hall of Famer, but he he didn't have a great arm. But right. Abreu usually does. Yes. And Abreu did not throw well. You look at um it's just a good old fashioned bad game. Yeah, Bummer's 2 and 4 with a 4.96 ERA, Hoyer 4 and 1 with a 5.26 ERA, uh Foster 2 and 1 6.04 ERA, Marshall 0 and 2 with a 5.60. That's the reason I brought up some of the Cubs bullpen guys because Chafin 2.06 ERA, Winkler 2.62, Tapera 2.95. These are guys that one of those guys would look good in the White Sox mm-hmm. uniform. Now, I don't know that Rick Hunt's going to make a deal and send one of the Sox young young players or a minor league guy over to the Cubs to get a Chafin, and a, a Winkler, or a Tapera. But well, those to guys, Cubs fans, we owe that to them. Yeah, you know, you owe them nothing. Nothing. Hey, I'm being a smart ass. I know. You owe, you owe them nothing. You know, you make the deal, whatever... Yeah, we they traded him Sammy Sosa for George. Well, you know. Yeah, who did? Who back was, in the day, who was the part of that deal? I don't, I should know that. I don't know. Okay, can't remember. Um, but yeah, so Sammy Sammy's been there, went there, and he made himself. First of all, he got he got heavy. Well, you, yeah. you know, and I remember when Sammy played for the White Sox. He was a skinny guy with Very a skinny. hell of an arm. Yeah, yeah, what a great arm he had from right field. Well, he always thought he had a good arm with the Cubs too. Because he would never hit the cutoff guy, and he would always throw the ball wild. It was amazing. How yeah, many times but he the did thing that. was, you know, he—I don't know if he bolted up or whatever—but his arm was not the same as it was when he was just coming into the league. Yeah. Um, for Cub fans, I know that no, Cub fans don't want to lose Chris Bryant. You know what? If you're going to have to rebuild the team, he's not going to sign with you. He's not going to sign with you. They're not going to get a ton for him. Right now. Because he's a rental. Because he's a rental. Yep. Um, Javi Baez is a guy that looks like they'll build around. Javi swings hard all the time, and if he connects, it goes somewhere. If he doesn't connect, he doesn't. See, I did that in Little League. Yeah. I struck out a lot. Yeah. Because I wanted to hit a home run every time. Well, so does Javi. Uh, Javi's hitting two forty five. He has 128 strikeouts. Nobody else in the Cubs has as many as, let's see. Anybody next, else have double-digit no, strikeouts? or triple. Digits. No. Trip, yeah, triple. Yeah. Rizzo's got. Contreras has 92. And Bryant's got 85. Baez has 128 strikeouts. Now, in the White Sox, the high strikeout total is Moncada with 93, Abreu with 94. Okay. But 128 strikeouts. 
and a two forty five average, a two ninety one on base percentage. That doesn't that shouldn't play. That can't play. Nope. In in what not for uh, the money he's he's looking for. No. And you know, I don't know how he thinks he's gonna get that kind of money. Uh let's go to our guy Paulie up in Paulie, what are you doing in Lake Geneva? Paulie. Oh, Fred. I'm a little younger than you. My girlfriend's about 25 years younger than us, and she couldn't take Chicago for more than one night. Okay. So my friend's letting me use her uh, his house up in Lake Geneva, and I'm eight houses down from the uh, Illinois' top scientist, J.B. Pritzker. Oh, there you go. What do you think of that? There you go. Hey, Those, co- some nice house, some nice some nice houses up there, Paulie. Yeah. Oh boy, my friend does. He hit it big. Yeah. Cool. Anyway. Um, Two things. Last night, you know, Rodon can't go to his right wrist anymore to get his stick on. That's where he was going for it this whole time. <laughs> if you look last night, he didn't go there once. But Burns is really good, or whatever his yeah. name is. Yeah, he is. He puts, the left, he puts the left hand in the hair, then puts it in the glove. So now he's got the stuff way up in the fingers of his glove. Let's you see his right hand. He hangs it out there like the guy playing the pebble game in Times Square in New York. He hangs his right hand out there, so you look at it. Oh, he hasn't touched anything. Then he pulls that left hand out of the glove, rubs up the ball a little bit, and he's got his stuff. Nobody's ball breaks like that without something on their hand. But let me just bring this up, too, about um, what I'm hearing is the Packers would just love it if Aaron Rodgers would retire. They could use his dough on other people. The era of starting with a $30 million quarterback and thinking you can build around them, that's over in the NFL uh, with the current salary cap, and the cap's not going up. So they would love – they've already they already sold off on Rodgers two years ago. They got one extra year out of him. They would love if he would retire and take his dough. But I'll tell you what, the union is not going to let him retire. The union has never given any money back anywhere at any time. So Rodgers is going to be there. Um, but like I said, the Packers would just love if he would retire and move on. Not, don't go away mad. Just go, just go away. away. Yeah. Right. I, I understand, Paulie. Paulie, enjoy Lake Geneva. Thanks a lot. Enjoy okay. your show, guys. Okay. Thanks, Thanks Paulie. Yeah, it's, um, that's going to be one of the big things, uh, you know, nationwide. Um is what happens with Aaron Rodgers, and um, we'll 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 see. He would, he would be on the hook, not the union. He, the, I don't understand the whole thing. I know exactly where he was going, um, but yeah, there there's a lot of money there. If there would be any repayment, it, he would be on the hook. Yeah, he'd have to pay back some of the some of what he paid in the past or received in the past for roster bonuses. And look, and all the that union kind of may not be happy about it, but they can't prevent him from retiring. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He's. Uh, they say he's working and he's ready for football. He's been working out at um, the um, Proactive Sports Performance in uh, California. His off-season training program. Well, that's that's another indication of how he's going to play. But it, then the big question is, what was all of this? Just a waste of everybody's time. Yeah. Well, that's that's obvious. why that's why I I've tried to avoid it or, or avoid it because you know it's it. It's just a waste of our time. It really is. And when it when it comes up, and we find out, just like the inflated balls were a waste of our time, we wasted six months on that. The inflated footballs. Just but look at all the footballs. words that we were able to say yeah. and all the ground. We I were had able a three-hour show prepared one time, 
and I was on the way here to the station, and Randy Merkin called and says, we got to talk three hours about the deflated footballs. I says, you got to be kidding me. And we did. It's like, oh, most disgusting show I've ever done. <laughs> Absolutely disgusting. We'll get to your calls in a second after this. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. Now, back to more Fred and Xander on ESPN 1000. Let's go back to the phones. Bob at Canaryville. What's up? Hey, Bob. What's up, guys? A couple of comments. Normally, I don't like commenting on what callers said, but the one guy who said that you don't get a 38-year-old quarterback and build around him for championships anymore, I, I don't, I'm not the brightest guy in the world, but <laughs> he wasn't 30. Didn't Tampa Bay do that just last year? I don't, yeah, with a 43-year-old. Yeah, that would, that would be the difference. So he, the guy was right, technically. But... um. <laughs> The other one is Rochester. I talk to a lot of people from Wisconsin, and not everyone wants him gone. Half, half want, say they're tired of his act. Half say that they know they can't win it without, that they need him. Right. But he's not going nowhere. As much as I love it as a Bear fan, he's not going nowhere. His, his, the problem is Green Bay, I hope they hold stick to their guns because he signed a contract. Whatever happened to the day, you sign a contract and you honor it. I agree. So I hope Green I hope Green Bay sticks to their guns. And the real reason is his Hollywood girlfriend slash fiance, she doesn't want to live in Green Bay for the winners. That's what it is. <laughs> it amazed anyway. me. Bob, I appreciate the call. Thanks for listening, as always. It, it, it's amazed me that, you know, I'm not sure what Aaron Rodgers has, but first to get Olivia Munn and then to get... Um, I don't even know who this new one is. I know Olivia Munn. Yeah, who is the other one? Who is the race car driver? Oh, Danica. Danica. Yeah. And then to get Dana, Danica Patrick and get him to live up in uh, Green Bay for eight months or whatever. It's like, I don't know what he's got going for him, but she's unbelievable. You know, the idea of him being held to a contract that he signed, it's yeah. very old school, I know. It's old school, but, but, but it's the way it should be. Well, obviously. I mean, you know, the first, I've always said, one of the worst, the worst, if someone, if we asked, if we did a show, what is the absolute worst thing that's ever happened in sports? Nobody would agree with me. The guy that first renegotiated a contract. During the middle of a contract. Yes. And he threw a fit. Yeah. The worst that was the worst thing that ever happened. Now sometimes owners will be so thrilled with the player, they may say, "You know what? We're going to add some years in here and we'll do that." That's a different thing. That doesn't happen often. But that's a different thing. It happens thing. sometimes. Right. It happens more that, than you think right. actually, but But that's a different case. But when you have somebody signing a contract with the, the under contract and they throw a fit and they sit out and they force the issue. Yeah. That the, that is ridiculous and but it's it's who was that first person? It was a know. long time ago. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the first person never renegotiated a deal. You sign a deal, you play by the deal. When the deal's over, then now you're you talking about else. sitting out, right? And and threatening not to play. Yeah, I mean because you sign well, the deal. that's the ultimate uh, leverage you have is when you don't play. Then you shouldn't. Then you don't get paid. Right. Yeah. Agreed. So I mean, that's the worst thing that ever happened in sports is the first person that renegotiated a deal. And, and this whole thing with Aaron Rodgers, he is going to play, I believe, too. And I think it's uh, it's he's been posturing, the and they didn't, and they didn't yeah. flinch. Yeah, I, I, and if it turns out that way, good for them. Yeah, I. When the Bears play the Packers, uh, then we'll figure out. Worry about who the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't care. Don't care. 
There's a lot of things I don't care about, and that's one of them. How about rap? Do you care about no, rap? Not, no, not rap, not hip-hop. But I, do, I, I will tell you, my, um, I guess she's my granddaughter now because she's Linda's granddaughter, mm-hmm. and I'm with Linda. So she has a book called The History of Hip-Hop. No, The History of Rap. And it's a, for, like, a little kid. So I've read the book to her. So now I've learned Oh, a good. Bit. Is Sugar Hill Gang in there? No, they're not in it. They're not? No, they're not wow. in it. Um, Kanye's in it. Uh, Run DMC's in it. not in it? Uh-uh. That's a, that, that book's wrong. No. It's, it's faulty. Well, it's defective. As far as I, that's the it's way defective. I, that's the way I learned my rap. Okay, well, I'll see if I can find a book. Maybe we can. You you need to read uh, uh, an adult book. No, I don't want. I don't want an adult book. (laughs) It was hard enough for me to get through the the kids' book. But it's a crime that Sugar Hill Gang wasn't part of that. No. Um, Let's see. Kanye was in it, and uh, Biggie was in it, and uh, it was all cartoons and all that stuff. Yeah, it was a quick little book to read to a two-year-old. God, I hope she just like turning the pages. Don't tell me that there was like a cartoon drawing of. Biggie getting shot? No, there was a cartoon drawing and, uh, of uh, Tupac. Tupac getting shot and it in about, Vegas? No, yeah, they weren't not getting okay. shot. There was a, but there was a drawing of Tupac and a drawing of Biggie and and how it talked about East and West Coast and stuff like that. And it was you know, but none kinda, of the violence. Kinda, a little bit of a rhyme to it. No, no, heck no. You know, don't want to well, bring that up. Pictures. You don't want to bring that up. No, I know. No, and they talked. Like I said they talked about Kanye and they talked about. Um, oh, what the heck is? Um, Did they mention Kanye, Kanye running for president? No, and they talked about uh, Mary J. Blige. She was in there, I think. So yeah, there's a you know, I learned a little bit, just a yeah, little just bit, a, just, just a enough, little bit. just enough to make me dangerous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's something. Yeah, uh, the Olympics are on. They have kayaking. Now, I, I have I've never seen this event before. I thought I've saw, seen all the Olympic it looks, events. It looks like someone you might find uh, on Lake at Lake Geneva. There, yeah, or well, Lake Geneva does not move that fast. No, it's so rapids with like little goalposts you have to steer the uh, that's kayak how, through. That's how I would be doing it in Lake Geneva. It would look like there was rapids, even if there weren't, because I'd be panicking. What's the <laughs> one skiing event? The moguls. This looks like the moguls, except with the kayak. For water. Right, right, yeah. right, exactly. Yeah, that is what it looks like. I've never seen this before. Tyler, I mean, you're a much younger guy than everybody I know. Um, Basically, everybody I know I was except the say, two-year-old. He's, he's less than half your age. Oh, much, much less. <laughs> he can be my grandson. Right? Technically, yeah. yeah. Um, do you watch the Olympics? Other than the basketball, are you going to watch any of the Olympics? Uh, I don't. If you accidentally it. run into I, it. I like the summer more than the the winter. I don't seek it out. Yeah. If it's but on, you do like the summer more than the winter. I like the summer more than the winter. I don't really watch the winter. I don't care for any of it. I definitely watch the winter more. Yeah, I do too. Only you I know, know part of it is because we're, we're stuck inside. Yeah, and then you've got the uh, you know, the bobsled, the luge, I and like I'm always luge. watching the hockey. Yeah, that's me. And I don't, you know, I know there's basketball going on, but it, it, there's kayaking and uh, kayaking and canoeing and crewing and all this other kind of stuff. And I don't, you know, I I know that there are people that love it. They love the, you know. People that don't like baseball, basketball, football, hockey, right. the big four, right. they love these other sports. They can't wait for the Olympics. They think it's great. Now, do they think it's great because the love of their country? Will they cheer for a U.S. person just because they're going against Italians or Polish or Russians? 
Anytime, honestly, anytime I tune in, whether I run into it or I'm purposely tuned in, I'm always rooting for Americans. Because I like of, Stephanie Horn. She's an Italian kayaker. I'm, I'm pulling no, for her. No, you don't. You have no idea who that is. They I, just gave you a graph. I like Italians. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I appreciate yeah. Italians, too. So, But no, I root for the country. <laughs> I root for our countrymen and women. Do you? Yeah, automatically. Yeah. Because I, I don't have a horse in the race beyond the country. But that's why I don't watch. What's the... What, I don't understand. I know. Grace. The, the, that, the grace I, I, I understand. That's another, that's another level. Tell me you don't tune in and all of a sudden you see that Germany's involved and you may get a little kind of... Yeah, I'd be happy that they might be winning. Yeah. Well, because you're German. Yeah, but I'm not going to stay with it for more than seeing a score. I mean, really. I well, mean, because, okay, if no other sports were on. Baseball, it's yeah. gone. You're going to watch. You're going to watch the Olympics before you watch one of the other many shows you have in your streaming service. Well, then there's that. Yeah, I mean, it's too much to watch. We know that. Yeah, there's it's way too all, much to watch. Always too. Much and some to people watch. even go outside and like the garden. I mean, <laughs> you know. See, now that's why you don't complicate your life. No, there's no gardening. There's enough TV. Yeah. to be had. And the next, you th- can't dare do anything outside. The next home I have, they'll cut the grass and shovel the snow. As right. long as there's more than two inches. You don't even have to leave. No. As long as there's more than two inches, they'll shovel the snow. My luck, we'll have a whole year with the highest, the most snowfall will be 1.7. 1.98. Yeah. <laughs> you got a shovel. Right. Yeah, get a little shovel and push it off the driveway and that'll be it. We'll get you uh, for a housewarming gift. Tyler and I will pitch in and get you one of those shovels that you really don't have to do anything. Just you put have your hand on and walk. You got to have that little yeah, bend. That, in that it. Little yeah, that little bend. Those are nice. All you have to do is just put your hand on and walk. I think I might have one of those. We come back. We'll preview what's going on for the uh, Sox and Cubs today, and uh, who you think may or may not be with the uh, Northsiders. And if you want to call and talk about the Olympics, if you're a huge Olympics fan and you can't wait every two years, summer or winter, sell it to us. Yeah, let us know why. Why should we care? And I know there are some Chicagoans in the Olympics. It was a big thing in the paper today. If you've got a Chicagoan that you're following, let us know who they are so we can follow them and actually maybe be proud. Of maybe them. actually Fred will watch them. Maybe. If they're from my neighborhood, why not? Maybe someone's talking about them. Maybe there's a Maybe there's a um, kayaker that lives in Downers or something. I know there's no kayaker from Cicero. No. There's nowhere for them to kayak in Cicero. <laughs> Absolutely none. You're not kayaking down the sanitary district. It's not. A, there's a German guy. Let's see, let's keep there an eye on go. him during the commercial break. I'll see if he how he does. Fred and Xander on ESPN 1000. Also available on demand on the all new ESPN Chicago app. I miss how the German did. Oh, there he is. He's in second place in the kayak. Looks like female, uh, yes, yeah, female kayakers. So, I will not watch any more Olympics today. I can tell That's you it. that you've had your fill. Yes, and we've watched it only because it was out here. We don't the have the, uh, of the day. clicker. No, and well, plus they didn't have the basketball game. And for those who missed it, the uh, USA played, and you say, ah, the USA, you know, well, the rest of the countries are getting better, and um, France beat the USA today. In basketball, um, final score, 83-76. Zach Levine started, scored eight points for the USA. So we'll see. This and is we're, just and we're not play. panicking yet. No, I guess not. I'm not panicking. I don't care if they win or lose. doesn't matter. As, like Tyler said, bring the college kids back. I don't disagree. Yeah, I'd like to bring college kids. Or, Actually, don't, don't bring the college kids back. Bring back Coach K, Coach Bayheim. 
Coach Hopkins, bring the college coaches back. I know Jay Wright's on the staff, but yeah. bring the college coaches back. Because they have zero affiliation to these guys. They don't care. Right. They'll tell them what to do. They'll tell them how it is. And if you don't want to be there, they don't see you. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Where Pop is like, you know. Plus, could you imagine all the people around the world have to – he had to sit in for interview sessions with them? And he's going to be rude? Yeah. Yeah, they'll just say the ugly Americans. He is he is the <laughs> He's epitome. perpetuating. Yeah, well, there's no doubt. So so let, let's wrap up our uh, rock poll. Yeah, we've got uh, Lollapalooza coming to Chicago next weekend. Heads up. It's going to be a mess down here. Plan accordingly. But they are going to have some strict rules to get into Lollapalooza. Vaccine cards are proof of a test that you are not COVID positive for the previous 72 hours. That brings with it a possibility of people scamming and creating fake cards to get in. So my question was, if you are going to enjoy Lollapalooza, would you rather do it live or watch the live stream on Hulu, which will be offered this year? How did it turn out, Tyler? So 70% would rather watch it on Hulu. Wow. That's pretty good. That's uh, that's. Uh, I thought it'd be a little more fifty-fifty. That's a surprise. If there was one um, music festival mm-hmm. from the past that you could attend, would it be Woodstock? Would it be Live Aid? What would it be? Oh no, no, no! It would be a Heavy Metal Sunday, May twenty-fourth of nineteen eighty-three at Glen Helen Park in Southern California. Okay, who was? Did you not go? I did not go. Okay. It's a legendary show. Um, I had a national sh- a radio show called The Rock in Eighties for years, and I did a profile on that. Uh-huh. So I did all kinds of research. It was Motley Crue, uh, Quiet Riot, Quiet Riot, Ozzy, Judas Priest, Scorpions, Van Halen, Triumph, huh. all on one day, okay. Heavy Metal Sunday. And I knew somebody that was there that day. Yeah. Actually, I knew a few people. Yeah. Huh. So that's the legendary show that I, I mean, Woodstock, yes, but I literally was three years old. Right. But I could have made Heavy Metal Sunday if I actually was out in the West Coast. I think when it happened, I watched Live Aid the entire day and I recorded most of it on cassettes. I, I, I recorded it and yeah. I watched it too. Yeah. Yep. And I always got the DVD, which got like all the, all the acts and everything like that. Terrible Led Zeppelin performance with Phil Cones on drums. Yeah, there it was, was it was. It was I listened no to. There's a um, highly anticipated, but no good. Phil Collins sings against all odds, I think, and he's at the piano and he mishits a key. Yeah, and every time I listen it's to blank. it, I, go, I tell people, I go, what, "Listen," and then you hear yeah. it miss it, and it's like, "Oh, that makes it." You know, but you know what? Uh, him I, and him and what do you call it though? Him and Sting did a great "Every Breath You Take." I think it was. You, you know what he did that day? Yeah, he played. Yes, with. I do. He played in England yeah. and took a Learjet. He took the Concord. The Concord. Yeah. Took that and got here to, Philadelphia. to play for Led Zeppelin. Uh-huh. He filled in on drums yeah. for their reunion. That's pretty wild. Yeah. So, I, you know, we could, we could uh, you know, let him slide on that. Well, I mean, people that saw the movie Bohemian Rhapsody, I mean, that was the big, yep. Queen was the big. Uh, and I saw that, I saw that live at, as it happened. Yeah. Performance. Yeah, so did I. It and I knew amazing. right then what a special thing yeah. that was Wembley was just upside down yeah absolutely amazing that's I, if I could have gone to any Woodstock actually not my kind of I mean yeah I know Crosby, Bias, Stills, and Nash, Crosby, Stills, and, Nash yeah. and Young yeah. yeah I actually liked some of their stuff right Hendrix was there though at Woodstock yes he was he? yeah if either of you guys watched the the new documentary that came out Woodstock 99 
Not yet. Not no, yet. I but I, I have watched enough, and I knew when it was going on. I watched all the reports. I watched everything. It was a mess, and I do have to see that documentary. But that was uh, that was a complete We mess. forgot that our buddy Jim Lexa wanted us to talk about history. We got a minute to talk about history, the two hours that A&E showed. I, was, I loved it. I thought it was great. You know, I... I after watching it, now I grew up during that whole thing. I remember all of that, but it just filled in a lot of details that maybe I either forgot or didn't know. And it completed the puzzle. And for me, I give more respect to the band Kiss that I did previously. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. And I did the work know- ethic, everything that they did, the history. Gene seems to be a lot more humble now. So I, I really enjoyed it. It showed you how close Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons are. Yeah. And when Paul Stanley told Gene Simmons, listen, you got to, it's you and me. We, you can't be doing all these movies and TV shows. Right. And, and I remember said, those movies. He said, you're right. You're I know. Right. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't realize Ace Fraley and uh, Peter Chris partied as much as they did. Oh, I always knew that. I've I read didn't. books. Oh, did yeah, you? I've yeah, I've read books. They were both a mess. Yeah. They, right. they, were, they were nice enough to bring them back. They were, yeah. and they had a little uh, lightning in the bottle, and they turned bad again. The first show was at Detroit uh, Tiger Stadium yep. show, right? Yep. That was awesome. You can find that on you can find a lot of that on Twitter and YouTube and all that stuff. Thanks to Jesse Rogers. Don't forget, Jesse, you'll be on baseball tonight, five o'clock. Catch him on ESPN. White Sox in Milwaukee, trying to win one from the Brewers tonight here on ESPN One Thousand.